Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Father, I just thank You for Your Word. And I pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would come and minister to each and every one of us. Lord, I just pray um, that this word would become alive in our hearts, that our eyes would be open, that we would be able to see and hear what you want us to hear, Lord God. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation, even as I share the word, that your gifts be in operation, I pray. And I thank you that you will speak today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I've entitled this Father's Day message, The Miracle of Seeing, The Miracle of Seeing. Uh, it's going to seem like a bit of a strange uh, Father's Day uh, message, uh, but just stay with me uh, because we will get there uh, towards the end. Uh, one of the things that we believe as followers of Jesus Christ is that God heals today. Can I hear an amen? We believe as followers of Jesus Christ that God still heals Today, um, the Bible is clear about this. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. Now, this is, a, this is an extremely challenging scripture and, and, and very, very easy to understand. Uh, there's no ambiguity about it and it challenges me every time I read it. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and they will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Uh, Bible says in Mark chapter 16, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons, speak in new tongues. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Now, you know, uh, th th those scriptures there, uh, as I said, are uh, not ambiguous. They're very clear. Uh, the, the Bible is clear that God has healed in the past and He is still the God that heals today. When we think about healing, we usually think about physical healing, and that's certainly one mode of healing and one way that God heals. But there's, there's also spiritual healing. And spiritual healing for me is probably the most important healing out of all the different types of healing. Remember the story of the four men who brought their paralytic friend to Jesus. And, and when Jesus saw him, Jesus saw that he was paralyzed. Jesus saw that this man needed to be healed physically. But the first thing that Jesus says to him is, he says, your sins are forgiven. Why, why did Jesus say that? Because spiritual healing is far more important than physical healing because physical healing is temporary, but spiritual healing is eternal. And it's the most important healing that we can ever have. When our eyes are open and we're able to see Jesus Christ and know God for who He really is, there's spiritual healing and then there's emotional healing. Sicknesses of the 21st century are challenges of the mind and of the emotions. It's anxiety and depression and fear. And, and these are sometimes even harder to deal with because we are, we, are, we are well on the outside. Our body is physically whole, but yet we're still unwell and can be un, 
well quite seriously. Whenever we speak about healing, inevitably, there's a question that comes to our mind. Whenever we talk about this whole subject within the context of the church, automatically there's there's a question that comes into our mind. Why are we not seeing as many healings as the Bible speaks about? And it's an important question to ask. And rather than me stand here at the front and try and answer this question for you, I just want us to collectively, as the church of Jesus Christ, I want us to collectively look at the scriptures and say, Lord, your word is clear. Your word is clear. Not only would we do the works that you were doing, Lord, but we would do even greater works than those. Lord, why are we not seeing this in our day? What's happening, Lord God? What has to change? Where, 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 where have we driven? What's, what, what's, what's going on, Lord God, that we're not seeing these things? I'm reading through the Gospels at the moment as part of my devotions. I'm, I'm reading through the book of Luke at the moment. You, you, you cannot uh, 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 read through the Gospels and not be uh, uh, impacted by the amount of healings and deliverances that were happened. It's every other page. There was, a, there was a miracle of some description happening. You cannot be impacted by that. And the question is, why are we not seeing that in our day? I know that in poorer nations, they're seeing a lot more miracles than we are. Maybe it's because they have more faith and are more desperate for God to answer. Uh, One of the stories that impacts me continuously is Jesus goes to his hometown. And in his own own town, the Bible says he was unable to, to do very many miracles because they had no faith. There was no faith to believe that Jesus could actually move amongst them. I wonder if we could quantify faith this morning. I wonder if we could actually measure how much faith there is here this morning. You know, on a scale of one to 10, where would we sit? I know where we'd want to sit, but where would we actually sit? I pray that as we, as we look at this topic, and I'm going to be speaking on this theme in the next few weeks, and I've certainly been impacted by it, and, and I'm just praying that that faith meter is going to start to rise in the name of Jesus. And we're going to start to believe that, you know what, you know, it, it, the most important thing about what happens here on a Sunday morning is not everything around us. What, the most important thing that happens here on a Sunday morning is the presence of God. And I want to believe that we're going to tap into the presence of God and that God is going to begin to move amongst us. Because I know he wants to. Now, I don't really know why God is not healing like he he was, and certainly not my responsibility to defend God or to try to answer that question, God can defend himself. My responsibility, our responsibility is simply to pray. We do the possible, God does the impossible. And, And be obedient to the promptings of the Spirit. And then let God do the rest. James says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith shall make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Today, what I want to do is look at a particular healing in the scriptures. Uh, That is, Jesus healed quite a number of people in quite a number of different ways. But he also healed quite a number of blind people. And in looking at these healings, we kind of learn about how God ministers to people today and how he heals today. Maybe there's someone here today and you're not well, whether it's physical, emotional, or even spiritual. My prayer is that faith will be released in our hearts and lives 
and that we will experience the healing power of God. Every time we break bread, it's very, very special because it's a time to connect with Christ in a tangible, objective way. There's, there's no um, miracle working power in the emblems themselves. We don't want to idolize the emblems. There's no power in the emblems. The emblems are a way for us to reflect on Christ and to reach out on Christ. So what are the different types of healing? Well, one of the types of healing that Jesus performed was instant or immediate healing. The story that I want to reflect on is found in Luke, Luke chapter 18. This is what the Bible says. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what has happened? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth is passing by. He called out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Which is a strange question. I mean, this guy was clearly blind, you know. And Jesus asks him the question, what do you want me to do for you? Do you know that not every sick person wants to get well? Because there's a lot of benefits to being sick. You get people to do stuff for you. People feel sorry for, oh, you poor thing. And that feels really nice. So Jesus asks him, okay, what do you want me to do for you? He says, Lord, I want to see. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. He received his sight and followed Jesus praising God. Can you imagine his worship? When all the people saw it, they also praised God. He was a man that was blind and he heard that Jesus was passing by and he begins to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and asks him the question, what do you want? I want to see. Jesus says, receive your sight. And he was healed. There are, there are many examples of this in Scripture where Jesus touched someone, spoke a word, and they were immediately healed. Um, and I'm sure that many of us have had answers to prayer like that, where at times we've, we've been in a particular situation, we've prayed, and, and miraculously God has answered in some way or another. I really like it when God answers those prayers. I have any friends out here. I just love, I pray, coincidences happen. And you know, oh, it was a coincidence. Okay, you keep believing that. But you know, I prayed and you know, you know that whole situation just turned around. And the only way you can explain it is God intervened. I just love when God answers my prayer quickly. Don't like those slow ones. They just don't, don't, don't do a lot for me. And I want to believe that Jesus is passing by today. Come on, church. I want us to believe that Jesus is passing by today. That as we cry out to him, as we seek him, that he would stop. And heal today. That he would stop to wherever we are at today in our own hearts and in our own. And he would stop and he'd say, he'd say, what can I do for you? And we'll say, Lord, I, Lord, I, Lord, I just need, I need a miracle, Lord God, because I've tried everything else. I just, I've been to every doctor that I possibly can be to. I've done everything I can. I'm, I'm, I'm eating organic. I'm trying this and that, but none of it's well. I just need a touch from you. And Jesus will say, be healed. And immediately, Habakkuk said, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. 
Lord, repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. Second type of healing is progressive healing. It's where a person doesn't get healed instantly, but progressively. It's an example of this healing found in Mark chapter 8. The Bible says they came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he, when he had spit on the man's eyes <laughs> and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes and then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored and he was seeing clearly. It's a great story. I love this story. Uh, Jesus in Bethsaida, they bring this blind man to him. Jesus takes him by the hand and walks with him outside the village. I've said this before, but I just wonder that conversation, how long did it take him to walk between, between the, the city and outside of the city? Was it a one minute walk? Was it five minutes? What did Jesus say to this man? So Jesus takes him outside of the village. He spits on the man's eyes. It's in the Bible, okay? He then put his hands on him and said, what do you see? Well, I see trees. So Jesus touches him again and his sight was restored. Question, why did Jesus not heal him instantly? I mean, was Jesus having a bad day? Not enough faith on that day? What, did he not do his devotions in the morning? I believe that there's a principle here for all of us that sometimes healing doesn't come all at once it comes progressively in stages that is God heals us but the healing doesn't come all at once it comes in stages it's progressive healing we're praying for something to happen and because we don't see it happen instantly we start to get discouraged we think our prayer's not worth answering forget it what we don't know is that God is working in the background that there's change that's happening and 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 he's actually already working in the background you hear the story in the, in the Old Testament about when they crossed the Jordan River. The, the, the Bible tells us that it wasn't like the first time when they crossed the Red Sea where Moses puts his staff in the water and, and the waters part and they walk through. This is the second time it's really similar. But God never does two miracles the same way. He always looks for a different way to do a miracle. This time, they had to carry the ark. He said, get the leaders, get them to carry the ark, and they have to start walking into the Jordan. As they walked into the Jordan, there was water. The water was up to their knees and so on, but they're walking through. As they're walking through the Jordan, up, up the river, God was starting to stop the water from flowing. But they had to walk out in faith. It was progressive. It wasn't the same way. There are times where God will work in our lives, not instantly, but progressively. I think about how God has worked in my own life over, over many, many years. I, by the grace of God, I'm, I, I like to believe that I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. And, you know, little by little, God has been changing me. The, the scripture says, and we all who are with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever, by, from glory to glory comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so often God is working in our lives, even though we can't see it. Don't be discouraged because often God, sometimes God actually works progressively. Third type of healing is when God heals, um, God wants us to do something, that's conditional healing. It's conditional healing. 
story of this is found in John chapter 9. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Now, it's a really interesting question because whenever something bad happens, you know, in our lives, the first question we ask is, why is this happening? What have I done wrong? What, 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 is, what, what, what have I done to deserve this? And so here, here the disciples were asking the question, well, who sinned? Was it, was it him or was it his parents? Because that's the only reason why he could be sick. Jesus answers, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. After saying this, he spit on the ground this time, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. In this case, Jesus puts some, makes some mud in the floor and uh, puts it on his eyes and then says to him, go and wash, you know, in the river torrents, is what he says to him. And when he did that, he was completely healed. His healing in this case was dependent on obedience, obedience to the command of Scripture or to the command of Jesus. Many times God actually asks us to do something in order for us to be healed. And sometimes because of pride or self-consciousness or doubt, we don't actually do it. We think, oh, no, that, that, no I'm not going to do that. And because of that, we never actually get healed. How many times have we we've been in a service and there's been an altar call? And you're sensing a prompting of the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, Pastor Joe, when do I know I should come forward? But you're just feeling something, something. Everything inside is going, get out of your seat and move. But you know, God never violates our will. He never violates our will. It's your choice, my choice. Do we obey to that prompt? Do we obey the prompting or do we, do we not obey the prompting? That's really up to you and me. It's as we obey... Often God, God asks us to do something. It's as we obey, as we step out in faith, the miracle happens. It's like Naaman who was full of leprosy. Elijah says, go and wash seven times in the Jordan River. He says, you've got to be joking. You know, he was a general. He was a, he was a big shot. You know, he says, I'm not going to go and wash in the Jordan. The Jordan was a disgusting river. And he goes off angry. And the servant, as they're walking, servant, you can just see, is kind of thinking, I, I've just got to bring my, my master around. And he begins to talk, Naaman, but, but what if he'd asked you to do something grand? Wouldn't you have done it? All he's asked you to do, just go and bathe in the, wash in the, in the Jordan seven times and you never know. And Naaman changes his mind and he does. And when he does, he's completely made whole. Many times God will ask us to do something in order to be healed. And as we act in obedience, the healing comes. It's true of salvation. The greatest healing of all is the miracle of salvation. It's true of that. You know, we need to acknowledge that we're sinners. We need to believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We need to believe that God exists, etc., etc. But then we need to take a step of faith and actually invite Jesus Christ into our hearts. We can believe inside of our hearts, oh, I know that God is real. But there's a point where we actually need to take a step of faith, invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of our life. We need to confess him. Yes, Jesus is my Lord. 
And often people say, well, I've done it in my heart. Well, the Bible says if you believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. And it's as we confess. I usually tell people, you know, we pray a sinner's prayer and, you know, that's powerful. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, that's nothing. No, if someone really believes those words, it's not the words. It's what's happening inside of someone's heart. If they believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and they invite him to be his Lord, their Lord and Savior, then they can be changed right then and they can experience the miracle of salvation. And it's powerful. And, and I know that many of us have experienced that in our hearts and lives. But if we've done that, one of the greatest things that we need to do, we need to tell someone, hey, today I invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. It's in speaking those words that something begins to happen. Some people say, oh, I just don't want, it's private. It's, my faith is private. Well, the Bible doesn't say our faith needs to be private. Our faith actually needs to be something that we speak about, we're excited about by the grace of God. As we obey, as we step out in faith, healing takes place. Three different healings. Each person had the same sickness. Question, when the Bible speaks about blindness, what does it mean for us? Well, we can be physically blind. That's true. When we can't see with our eyes, we can't see our way ahead. Everything seems dark. We can be blind uh, uh, physically. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, there are people that are, that are, that are actually you know, physically blind. Uh, blind, uh, those of us that are slowly, gradually, day by day, <laughs> losing our sight more and more. Thank God for Specsavers. Oh, shouldn't shouldn't be advertising Specsavers, but anyway, thank God for them. Um, uh, we can be blind physically, but we can also be blind emotionally. Well, we can see with our eyes, but we can't see. When this happens, we say things like, "I can't see how I'm going to get out of this. I can't see a way out. I can't see any hope." It just feels like it's all, it's all, there's plenty of light in the room. There's plenty of light in life. My eyes are working really well, but I just can't see. I'm, I'm surrounded by darkness. It's in those times we need the touch of Jesus to help us see. The Bible says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. When, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalm 27 is a psalm about fear. And fear is about darkness. Fear is about something bad is going to happen. Fear is about, you know, you don't move because something is going to happen to you. Because we believe a lie. Um, fear is false evidence appearing real. Bible says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. When the Bible speaks about light, what it's speaking about here is truth. False evidence appearing real. God sends his truth into a situation. Our eyes are open. We can see it for what it is. And then fear begins to disappear. And then there's spiritual blindness. Paul says to the Corinthians, God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel. So many times we can be spiritually blind, which is by far the worst kind of blindness, where we can't see God or know God. But if we would just seek after God, he can heal us of our blindness. But my greatest 
uh, encouragement to, there might be some people here today, you know, you kind of wonder, I don't know, I get what you're saying, it sounds really good, sounds sincere, you know, it all sounds good, I love the worship today, the karaoke was amazing, you know, I just loved it all, but I don't know about this God thing. Well, the greatest thing that you can do is, is I don't have to convince you, is <laughs> just pray a simple prayer, Lord, if you're real, I want to know. God always responds to people that seek after him. Hey, God, if you're real, I want to know. Would you reveal yourself to me? He's the kind of God who stops to people that are genuinely seeking after him, and he reveals himself to them. One more observation of these healings. All of the examples in Scripture of people being healed of blindness are male. There's no case of a female being healed of blindness in the Gospels. I don't want to read more into it than what's there. Suffice to say that when a man is blinded, it can cause a lot of pain. When a man loses vision for his life, it can cause a lot of pain. When a man can no longer see his way ahead, it can cause a lot of pain. When a man no longer has a vision for his life, it can hurt his life, it can hurt his marriage, his home, his family. But when a man can see, when a man comes to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, when a, when a man loves God, serves God, understands the call of God on his life, has an encounter with the living God, when a man has an encounter with the living God, his, his, his life is transformed. When, when, when a man understands his role in the context of marriage, we spoke about that. You know, the Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands. You know, that's, that's um, well, let's read on. Let's, let's, just, let's just put that to on the shelf. Let's read on. This is wives, husbands love your wives. Wives, you know, husbands love your wives. Like Christ loved the church. When, 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 when a man is willing to die for his spouse, <laughs> for his wife, it will change the whole marriage relationship. And she will know if he really will do that for her. When a man gets an understanding of his vision, gets a vision of, his under, of, of, of what his role should be in the context of a family and, 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 and what, it, what it means to be a godly father, his life is lived differently. His marriage is different. His family is different. The church is different. Society is different. Our nation is lived differently. Paul says, therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger and dispute. There's nothing more powerful than to see a man lift his hands and begin to worship God. There's nothing more powerful than a man who submits to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing more powerful than that. We live in a world that says to us, the man, you've got to be macho, you've got to be this, you've got to be that, you've got to be the other thing. And, you know, that's not the man, the men of the Bible. There's a strength, but in, 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 in that strength, there's also, um, there's also a humility, submission unto the Lord Jesus Christ. We've had a lot, worship team come. We've had a lot of men's nights here uh, at church. And um, when we have men's nights, we always start with a bit of worship. There's nothing more powerful than seeing men worship, just singing unto God. It's very powerful, very, very powerful. And I thank God for this church because this church is an amazing church. And through the generations, we've had incredible, 
incredible women. Please, this is this is Father's Day. Is that okay, ladies? Just uh, just give me a, give me a little give us a little break. All right. I mean, you know, come on, just just let us indulge at least for ten minutes, five minutes here. <laughs> give us the stage and amazing women in this church. Amazing. But you know, this church has had some amazing men over the generations. Men that have worshipped God, loved God, incredible husbands, incredible dads. Um, you know, uh, people, people visit our church, you know, over the years, people visit our church, there's a real sense of family. And I believe one of the reasons is because we've got some amazing men who truly love God and who are willing to worship and to glorify God. And it's some amazing women, you know. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. Thank you. One final healing of a blind person comes from the Apostle Paul. As we know, Paul was a persecutor of the church, a religious terrorist, hated Christians, sent them to prison, had people killed. And one day on the road to Damascus, he sees a bright light and he hears the voice of Jesus. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, the one who you're persecuting. Now get up, go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Immediately. The Bible says that he was blinded and he could not see for three days. Paul's physical blindness was a representation of his spiritual blindness. He didn't know God. He didn't know who Jesus was. It was, a, it was a representation of spiritual blindness. So he goes to Damascus and waits in a house and then God speaks to Ananias. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying. Ananias went and he prayed for him and his sight was immediately restored. It's like scales fell from his eyes. There is a fourth way that our sight can be restored. Sometimes it's through the body of Christ. God will use someone to minister healing to us. Sometimes healing will come because someone prays for us, encourages us, speaks to us. How true is that? How true is that of our lives? Communion speaks to us about so many things, but it reminds us of the power of the church and the body of Christ. Um... James says, is any sick among you? Call the elders of the church. Let them pray for you, anoint you with oil. And the person who's sick shall be made well. That's a healing that comes through the body of Christ. It reminds us of the power of the church. Communion speaks about many things, but it speaks to us about the power of the body of Christ. Paul says, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one life. We are the body of Christ. And one of the ways that God ministers healing in our lives can be through the body of Christ. So Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight for the blind. I wonder... There might be some people here today that you need healing. Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe you need God to do something in, inside of your body. Doctors have kind of said, well, this is the best we can do. Or maybe you need physical healing today. Why don't we believe that Jesus is passing by today? Come on, church. Come on. Let's, let's, <laughs> why don't we believe that Jesus is passing by through our corridors and through our aisles? And Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. Why don't we believe that someone, that people could be healed physically today in Jesus' name? Maybe there's people struggling emotionally. Let's pray that 
that, that, you, that you may receive healing, spiritual healing. Maybe you need a financial miracle, a miracle in your home. Why don't we believe for that today? Spirit of the Lord is present. And I pray today that as we break bread, that breaking bread is going to be an opportunity for us to receive physical, emotional, spiritual healing in our hearts and lives. Signs and wonders would follow the preaching of the word. That God would restore our sight by his grace and for his glory. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Praise you, Jesus. We just thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. Just be with us as we go. Let us be conscious of your presence. Use us for your glory, we pray. As we ask in Jesus' name. As always, some of us are here. We'd love to pray with you if you'd like prayer uh, this morning. And we'll be happy at the front with you. The rest, God bless you. You have an awesome week, dads. Have an awesome day today. Amen.